time to get geeked up. Time to get geeked up to stand up comics telling you what's up in movies and TV. I know you could feel me. Music and gaming, you know what I'm saying. Comic books and tech, stuff you ain't up on yet. And if you are hooked, we're gonna go and take a closer look. And no show's the same. We always got a different game. Always got a different game. Hey, hey, it's time to get geeked up. What's going on, geeks? Welcome to the 97th annual Geeked Up Oscar special. I'm your host, Devin Barnes, and with me always is the promising young man, Liam Whalen. Yo, yo, yo! Promising young man, nice. I do always drug myself and go out on the weekends, so I guess uh, <laughs> we have that in common. Me and uh, What's-Her-Face from Promising Young Woman, but... Oh, hilarious. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I thought... Uh, I thought we'd be doing the 420 special. Like, what's going on? Why is the Oscars this late? I know, seriously. We've got our, uh, am I too high for 420? Or is it our Oscars yeah. preview a couple months, or did the Oscars happen two months ago? What the fuck? Liam's still stoned from the Biggie episode of <laughs> Netflix and Chat. <laughs> and of course, if we're looking back at stuff like that, of course, listen back to the last episode we did, because I'm still stone cold, stone cold stunned <laughs> from, uh, the last episode we did, which of course was the wrestler origin story with special guest Jordan Owens, first game time we've done in a while. Yes, and I am still, I am actually literally getting over my WrestleMania hangover. Two nights of action for my free trial on Peacock. Uh, will I cancel <laughs> it by tomorrow? Not looking good. <laughs> and will I be paying for it forevermore? Probably so. So, but uh, be on the lookout for that uh, update on next Geeked Up episode. But pretty solid WrestleMania. I was definitely thinking of Jordan Owens, and we had a lot of feedback for our wrestler game time, and I uh, heard a lot of good things uh, about that. So, big shout out again to Jordan Owens, and listen back. So yeah, like mm-hmm. you said, our first geeked up in a game time. We got to get more. We got to get back to the game closet as well, I guess. For any of the geeks with any game ideas, you know, of any of your favorite games in the past or uh, uh, any games we should play in the future as well, listen back. Let us know. Yeah, and of course, we're still taking the emails for that game time. Uh, who was the best wrestler origin? Who wins the cage match? And uh, I think right now all signs are pointing to Mr. Social Distance. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, seriously. I'm coming really out on top. Finally, I'm getting the game time one. win here. Not, a, not, how <laughs> I, not how I would have wanted because it's actually Devin's pick. But, but listen yeah, back for thing. all that info. But, yeah, check that out. And, then of course, looking forward, like we're saying, you know, we didn't do the 420 episode because we're still doing it over Zoom. So it's just not as fun. But, you know, maybe soon enough we'll be uh, back together in the studio because uh, – I think, like we were saying, it's safe to say that we're halfway through our vaccinations. Yes, uh, we are under the uh, underway for the vax process, and we encourage all the geeks out there to get yourself vaxxed, for fuck's sake, you know. Or, uh, uh, and I think, honestly, just not to uh, – we'll get into the Oscars and not to get political, but there is, you know, like a stall on a lot of people's uh, – a lot of people getting the vax and all. And I honestly think from what I've talked to, as hilarious it is, but it's just pretty much out of, like, sheer laziness for most people that I've talked to that haven't been vaxxed. They're, like, fully planning <laughs> on it, but they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get around to it. Like, what, do I have to go online? Nah, fuck it all. Like, I don't want to get vaxxed from the coronavirus that bad that I have to fill out an yeah, online so form and show up to the CVS. Like, fuck, that's – 
I, I'll take my chances with yeah. this deadly pandemic. But literally, that's been like the attitude for, and I relate being like the laziest asshole that, you know, it's kind of like the term paper syndrome where everybody's like waiting to the last day to get their coronavirus shots. Absolutely. Just because, you know, like, you know, what are you, the teacher's pet that gets in on the first day of fucking goody two shoes? <laughs> but please, me and you yeah. were indeed those goody two shoes that. That's right. So we're halfway through the process. For sure, for sure. So we will, yeah, like you were saying, to, not to interrupt, but to get back to the Geeked Up podcast, though. So we're looking forward to a live and in-person Geeked Up podcast. Uh, right. I haven't seen Liam in person in over a year. <laughs> I know. I, I've already uh, got to plan, plan my next excuse to keep you out of my apartment here. But <laughs> <laughs> Liam, the mad scientist behind the Rona. But I guess that's looking forward. We already looked back. Should we get into this episode? The big, we got a lot to cover. It's the big uh, 2021 Oscar special. I mean, I wrote one of those clever songs that incorporate all the movies. You want me to, uh, should, I, should I start that one now? Should I? Cue the music, Billy, Billy Crystal. <laughs> yeah, you got your Billy Crystal thing right here. Yeah. Dude, okay, I have something. He was like a father too. and a promising young woman. <laughs> And where was Spike like Lee all along? He got snubbed from the Oscars. We'll have to talk about it on the Geek Podcast. I got something like that too, but instead of the in uh, like the in remembrance for all the dead celebrities, I think there should be another screen for like all the celebrities that got canceled during 2020. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> all the canceled celebrities of uh... just like a big picture of like Army Hammer, Thomas <laughs> <Yeah>. Middleditch. <laughs> uh, I'm throwing Ellen in there. <laughs> Yeah, Ellen for sure. She went on a <laughs> she went on like a, a Christian Bale esque rant anyway. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. wasn't a Me Too kind of. How about Marilyn Manson? He's he's kind of a yeah, movie of character anyway. Like, yeah, he's a he's he gets up there. He makes it. <laughs> like I, yeah, I think he he singer. won best costume design anyway. Fucking, but <laughs> yeah, dude, the wall of cancel. I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> no, for sure, that's a great call. That would. Uh... Definitely be a, a a very strong addition to the Geeked Up Oscars, to the 97th <laughs> annual, to the 115th annual Geeked Up Oscars special, as you said. But <laughs> but uh, do you think Screech makes the uh, the in memoriam wall? I'd say you Screech I mean? could kind of make both lists, wasn't he? Uh, <laughs> didn't he start like a big beef with all of the other fucking? He got left yeah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah, 90s yeah, had sure. a big comeback, and Screech didn't make the list. I don't know if he got canceled <laughs> or. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, Screech would for sure make the immemorium list. I mean, come on. You He's think? A, did he ever do anything besides TV? Does he, he ever been to? in a movie? Actually, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, that's this is the, the, he, he would be in the Emmys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Emmys yeah, yeah, immemorium yeah. for sure. But I guess this is the. Uh, I, don't so, think... I don't know if Screech ever was in a movie. Nor did he like you know literally I mean? ever. Because I think he really tried to break away from any type of like nerdy fucking mm -hmm. like a comic relief character like he wasn't going to show up in a movie like he took himself way too seriously to show up in a movie and play the asshole after screech they, so he did put out a uh, one night in screech <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i mean his sex tape that was uh clearly <laughs> yeah 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 uh but i mean that wouldn't even did one uh one night screech might have made it this year because it's been a weird year for movies obviously a lot of big <laughs> movies got like pushed away or canceled uh 
yeah you know a lot of streaming movies this year i mean i guess even just to catch up on devin said like this is an april oscars for our kind of 420 thing but usually Mm -hmm. the oscar and we talked about this on the geeked up uh, podcast when you know the uh, when it was announced or whatnot but of course the oscars usually around the super bowl in february it's usually you know uh, uh, towards the middle middle to end of february so a delayed uh, oscars by a couple months and then also a delayed movie period for which the oscars uh, uh nominations are you know can be submitted from because it usually would go from you know january 1st to december 31st this year it's been uh pushed back to i think movies through that were made through february of 2021 we're all eligible mm-hmm. for this year's oscars you know so it's uh like an extra big window of nominations however most movies didn't get fucking released like you said you know so yeah look at you black widow <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a weird year. And I think, too, this is also going to be, if I might be wrong, but isn't this kind of like the first award show where it's not going to be virtual? There's actually going to be all the assholes in their tux and masks and their (laughs) gowns and masks. Yeah, yeah, I guess the uh, – like, unless, the, unless we miss the Country Music Awards because I got a feeling they didn't go virtual. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh... <Yeah. laughs> but, uh, uh, but you're right. Yeah, no, definitely out of like, the major point. award season because the Globes, of course, uh, the most recent Globes did go virtual where they were mm-hmm. all given their you know, uh, acceptance speeches in you know, like, tie-dye hoodies in, in their kitchen a la Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so it was a much different feel for the Globes and the Grammys as well as is going to be for this year's Oscars where like you said is it full on like uh, uh, you know full on know. normal show and presentation like socially distanced I'm not 100% course, sure but... I don't think there's a I know there's probably not a host again but I think they're all in the theater I think it's the same you know maybe they'll be maybe the seat fillers are out of work this year yeah, Sorry, yeah Kramer. for sure this but would be a good like, year, honestly, to if they could figure out, have everybody sworn to secrecy, tell them in you know pretty short notice beforehand, but only have the people there that are actually going to win the awards. You know what I mean? Like in coronavirus, do you really need to pull some asshole out there just to fucking watch somebody else give the acceptance speech on? Uh, or on even just narrow it down to like only the people that are like actually up for an award and like plus you get a plus one. Okay. Yeah. You know for sure. I mean? Like Good Tom call. Hanks is enough for anything. So he doesn't need to be at the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, for Tom sure. Hanks giving out an award. Good Too call. many heads in the fucking building. Dude. And like you said, <laughs> there's no host, but you can cut back on easily 25 people and their whole assorted entourages of management by like all of the celebrity presenters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, do we need two different A-list celebrities giving out the award for best sound editing? Can't, you know, Know, like Nathan Lane no, or whoever's the not. host just bang out all of the shit himself, you know? Like have the fucking grandma from Minari do it. You know what <laughs> I mean? She's she's up for an award. She'll be there. <laughs> yeah. She'll be there anyway. Fucking <laughs> But uh yeah, it just seems like a weird or I don't know, maybe it's moving forward. But they announced it, I think, even before like the vaccinations were really like up and running. They're like, fuck it, you gotta be here, all right? Put on <laughs> yeah, your best. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's not like, and you know, the the uh, the country is definitely heading in the right direction, but it's not like California is doing so fucking great anyway. You know what I mean? Like in t- in terms of the coronavirus yeah. specifically, but you know, we are uh, we, and I'm sure all of the A-list celebrities have cut the line and got vaxxed early, so they're they're all cool anyway, of course. But uh, uh, but you're right though. I mean, we're we're at the point where we're trying to move on. We're trying to have events like this take place. Is it safe? It's it's not going to feel safe when it is safe. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be a rough adjustment into it 
Yeah, it'll still be the same. Uh, it'll be a lot less fun, though, when to be honest, without the uh, old Big LW um, uh, Oscar pool. Yeah, that's uh, true, actually. It is uh, no Oscar, no gambling on this year's Oscars. It's going to be a bummer, yeah, I guess. Because but... I've never cared so much about, like, best sound technician in my life than, like, the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's true. The Oscar pool the Oscar pool will be missed. Uh, uh, it'll be bad. one of the casualties of coronavirus, but it'll be, <laughs> it'll be back next year. For the 125th Geeked Up Oscars special, right. uh, the <laughs> Oscars right. pool right. will be back. But So, and since I guess there's no Oscars pool, we're not going to cover the best sound editor and the best uh, animation short because I got no money on it this year. <laughs> I only care about the big swings this year. Yeah, but it's also a weird year because none of the movies as well, though, like you said, they have been, you know, a lot of the movies have been pushed back. Like a lot of the big releases have been, you know, pushed back and whatnot. But just in terms of the movies, first of all, like if you're going to look at this year and we'll run through the noms for the specific categories in a minute. But just like a broad stroke of the uh, most of the major movies for the Oscars, none of them are very like cheery, uplifting tales. All right. No. So prepared to be bummed the fuck out by uh, like pretty much all of the Oscar movies and as well. There isn't any real, like, fun, big Hollywood kind of, like, you know, movies that that most people would have seen anyway. Like, last year, there was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and the fucking yeah. Joker. Like, the you know, Joaquin Phoenix with the Joker or the Irishman was there. Even two years ago, remember, the Black Panther was the first ever yeah. MCU. We were like, are MCU movies going to be taken seriously? No, nope, no more uh, MCU movies <laughs> because of Chronicle <laughs> But, you know, like, Bo Rap was a movie that fucking most people saw anyway. A lot of these movies for the Oscars this year, I feel, are, like, more filmy kind of movies. You know what I mean? It's, like, more for film fans and, you I mean, know, a lot more kind of obscure honestly, movies. You're very right, because I can honestly tell you, especially out of the best picture downs, which we'll get to, but I can tell you at least two of them I'd never heard of until, like, making a point to, like, try to watch all the movies. <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. This, like, I'm a you little bit mean? more, like, I see a little bit more of the indies than you than we talk about, but, like, out of the, uh, out of all these Oscar movies, like, how many of them would you have actually have even seen if it wasn't for the Oscars? Like, even me, I probably would have seen, like, you know, Nomadland, maybe, but I like, wouldn't have, you know, uh, I would probably wouldn't have seen most of these movies either if it wasn't specifically for the Oscars, you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, some of them are on Netflix, so, you know, I would have watched, uh, you know, probably Chicago 7 I might have watched anyway, Sasha I Baron Cohen probably would have watched. But, like, I, I wouldn't have watched watch Mank if it wasn't for yeah, the Oscars. Never, never you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I love David Fincher, but still, I wouldn't have, you know. But, uh, uh, so just in general, it's not as, like, user-friendly of a fun kind of Oscars as as normal years because of the uh, delays. Yeah, and I would say the biggest, like, too, like, the biggest Hollywood blockbuster that came out this last year was Tenet. And, you know, fucking, it was, like, during the height of it where he insisted yeah. to be in the theaters and be like, dude, no one's going to go see fucking stupid <laughs> Tenet in the theaters. And yeah. then, it, you know, it didn't get nominated. I mean, and especially all. if you talk about it, for me and Devin at that time, movie theaters weren't open in New York, so we didn't even have the opportunity. It wasn't even like we were, like, taking a coronavirus stand, you know, and not seeing it in the movies. It was literally there were no movie theaters open in this summer during coronavirus. So it was like he gave us no chance to see that movie. And by the time it did come out to video streaming and stuff, everybody, the, the, the word was out that it sucked and whatnot. And it's a little bit more of a theater movie anyway, so, like, that is the kind of movie I would have 
wanted to see in the theater, but since theaters weren't open, what am I going to do? And then when it got released on demand, you heard it wasn't very good. And other of the other couple kind of big budget ones or like big star ones, but I would have expected maybe Bill Murray and On the Rocks with Sofia Coppola. I would have maybe thought that could have been like an Oscar-y sure. kind of movie when it came out. Bill Murray would have loved to see him, you know, up for an Oscar uh, uh, as well. Like uh, Tom Hanks put out a couple movies. Usually Hanks put something out. He gets some noms, yeah. you know, but he put out The News of the World uh, and Greyhound both kind of fell flat. So yeah. both big budget movies that both fell flat. Yeah. Like I'd say those were probably the biggest budget movies right there were those two Hanks ones, Tenet. Sure. Uh, I guess there were a couple MCU movies. Actually, there weren't even. I guess, right? There's no MCU movies. Yeah, yeah, just the, the series. Yeah, yeah. The series have come out, and the Schneider Cut came out, but that was obviously not nothing new from, like, the... Uh, uh, I guess there are the, the the one superhero movie I'll get into it more uh, uh, when we give our picks, perhaps. But Arch Enemy, I'd say, best superhero movie to come out. But literally, like, the well, only Arch... superhero movie to come out, really. You know? But Arch you're right, Enemy so... was great, man. Yeah. So, but, yeah, from that standpoint, uh, a lot of those kind of fun movies didn't, you know, didn't get released at all so that's true that is uh yeah very true a lot of stuff didn't happen um i guess having said that we're kind of teasing everything should we go to kind of run through the nominations yeah let's uh let's take a look at the uh and i guess for uh now devin will just kind of uh, give a quick run through of the noms for the major categories like he said we're leaving off sound editing and all but uh he'll give you the run the the major category noms and then we'll circle back and we'll talk about all the ones that we've seen and the different you know our thoughts correct before of course giving our big official geeked up picks which, spoiler oh, alert, boy. don't include any of the Oscar movies. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo sweeps again for the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. I know it's um, not traditional because it was a TV series, but uh, <laughs> Joe Exotic is getting a goddamn Oscar, <laughs> whether you like it or not. So. <laughs> yeah, dude, really. Anyway, to get into it, I'm just going to, like Liam said, I'm going to run through the noms, and then we'll circle back. So we'll start just like the Oscars kind of do, Best Supporting Actress. Uh, we have Maria Bakalova for Borat, Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, and I just want to say she also was nominated for a Razzie for that same uh, role. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Olivia, <laughs> Olivia Coleman for The Father, Amanda Seyfried for Mank, and then uh, Yu Jung Yoon for Minari, who is uh, the grandma in Minari. Okay, nice. Grandma from Minari gets a supporting actress yeah. nomination. Fucking love it. For sure. Um, so for Best Supporting Actor, we have Sasha Baron Cohen for Trial of Chicago 7. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and Black Messiah. Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Uh, Paul Racy for Sound of Metal. Uh, and Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. Just real quick, I would have loved to see the eight-year-old from Minari get a nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Get carried the sure. movie. For <laughs> That's shocking that he did it. Yeah, because he did. He Can was, eight-year-olds uh... get a Best Supporting Actor Absolutely. nomination? Because Absolutely. Has a kid ever won an Oscar like like in a major role like that? Like Drew like... Barrymore, I think. Okay. I know she was like nominated. E. <laughs> maybe, and I think the kid from uh, The Sixth Sense was nominated. Okay, Haley Joe Osment. Haley Joe Osment winning a fucking... I might be wrong on that. I have to look back, but I'm almost certain. 
Okay. I think even um after the fat kid from Sandlot got snubbed, I figured uh I figured it couldn't I think, be. And I might be wrong on this too, but I think Elijah Wood and or Macaulay Culkin for the good son might have gotten nominated. Okay. I believe it. I, I might be wrong. Actually, on I that. think that you're right about Elijah Wood. I do think I uh remember mm-hmm. seeing like a young like a way too young. How about Leo even from one of his like fucking E with Gilbert, Gilbert Grape. Grape or whatever. Was he yeah. Gilbert Grape? He was young then for yeah, sure. He was really young. He of course, forever known as the uh, punk, as the punk uh, uh, refuge from Family Ties or whatever. What was the show that he was on? The sitcom that oh, he was uh, on? Uh, Growing Pains. Growing Pains, exactly. Growing Pains. <laughs> the runaway that was accused of theft in every episode. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, what's his face? Steve started teaching him Christianity too hard. And he was like, <laughs> all right, I'm out of here. <laughs> right, we're getting, up, we're God, getting off topic, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, back, yeah. back to the Oscars. Listen to our Growing Pains podcast <laughs> if you want to hear more. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, all right. So back to it. For the Best Actress nominations, we have uh, Viola Davis for Ma Ramey's Black Bottom, uh, Andrea Day for United States versus Billie Holiday, uh, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand for Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. All right, all right. Uh, best Actor nominations. We have Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Gary Oldman for Mank, and Stephen Yoon for Minari. He was Steven... the dad, not the kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stephen Yoon is in a uh, Hall of Fame class of actors there. I got a feeling he doesn't really stand a chance of winning with the uh, <laughs> uh, with the late Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins, Gary Oldman. Who was the other one? But like some uh, real – Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed, Ahmed, yes. I mean some great – and Stephen Yoon did a great job in uh, yeah, Inunari. But, you know – one of those names is not like the other, kind of, and Stephen <laughs> Yoon is not quite the star of everybody else. But and of course, Chadwick Boseman, the sentimental favorite there, as we'll get into later. But yeah, yeah, uh, give him the Heath Ledger Award, uh, but we'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> give him the Screech uh, Award. The uh... <laughs> <laughs> so for Best Director, we have Thomas Vinterberg for Another Round, uh, David Fincher for Mank, uh, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari. Chloe Zhao for Nomadland and Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. And then bam! All, Emerald Lagasse. Comes... <laughs> I'm giving him an Emerald Bam anyway. <laughs> <laughs> bam! <laughs> and then uh, come down to it, the best picture. All right. We got The Father. We got Judas and Black Messiah. We have Mank. We have The Trial of Chicago 7. Promising Young Woman, uh, Nomadland, Sound of Metal, and Minari over all of our best pictures. Those are the best and... picture noms, which even that, I feel, uh, don't they usually have – or I think that they're eligible to have 10 nominations anyway. But I feel like that's kind of like – that's a small list compared to other years. I don't know. That I could be totally wrong, and it's like the – I'd be down to uh, put in the other two. My vote would be One Night in Miami and The Five Bloods. Yeah, I guess that's the big story since... that we can get into uh, to lead off our Oscar coverage as we've been teasing relentlessly 
since both since both loving it on our Netflix and chat episode. But I guess so. Those are the noms. But we'll start with the snubs as we always do. And I guess uh, uh, what are your thoughts to Five Bloods? Get not only to Five Bloods as a movie, Spike as a director, and more importantly, as we've been talking about, but fucking Delroy Lindo as best actor. I know those is the, that's a Hall of Fame class. There's some great Dude, actors there. Delroy but I mean, Lindo, Jesus Christ, Delroy Lindo was and amazing. Fucking Chad- and Chadwick Boseman, best supporting actor for that one, I'd say. Yeah, you could throw uh, Chadwick Boseman supporting actor in there. I mean, it's uh, mm-hmm. and I think maybe they would have if he didn't crush it with uh, Ma Rainey role and get like the you know uh, a full you know the the lead actor nomination. But because mm-hmm. uh, you would have thought there were to be like I think part of our saying that was there was going to be a sentimental. We thought that was Boseman's last role or going to be his last great role, so we thought he'd get nominated for that. Then Ma Rainey came out and really topped that. But yeah. uh, you're right. He definitely could have got an honor for that. Uh, Delroy Lindo or whatever his name it was. <laughs> whatever, the, whatever the hell his name was. But it's Delroy Lindo, right? I always, uh, Delroy Lindo. Yeah, Lindo, yeah, yeah. right? I always feel like I messed yeah. that up. But he was amazing. I, I really felt that was like uh, after seeing a movie, I felt like uh, uh, immediately after seeing any movie, he, I, I felt, had like the character and the performance that immediately struck with me the most as like, wow, that was a great performance. You know what I mean? The other guys yeah. were great. In their roles, Riz Ahmed was great, Gary Oldman was great, but Delroy Linda was really like stole the show in a real powerful role, Vietnam vet, whole crazy soliloquy, all that kind of shit. Like it was just such a great role. To not get a nomination is really uh really yeah, a shame. We loved loved that movie, man. Yeah, and the movie. movie like, so much about it, dude. Like, yeah, the movie in general, like just like the flashback scenes, it was still them in like their like age now. Dude, there was just the so music was like, great. It did get nominated for best score. Was its only nomination, but the music was all great. You know what I mean? Just like the directing that Spike was did good. was uh, was phenomenal on a lot of levels. The story was great. It was super intense. The acting was great. Just on like every level of a film. It re- and it was also like an Oscar-y kind of. Do you have any theories as to why it's getting left off? I mean, you would like, of of course, a lot of times a stereotypical answer would be Spike Lee and racism. The you know what I mean. The Oscars uh, have never, the Academy has never respected Spike and all that. It's there true. are so many other you know civil rights centric movies on that. I don't know if this is a good year to say that it's like racial motivations leaving Spike off. But do you have any other potential theories as to what? I it could don't. Be? Man, I think maybe just because it came out so early, um, you know, that it was a Netflix movie. I, I don't know, I mean, because there's enough Netflix stuff out there. It does the feel like they I had just forgot about is... it because it was so early that it it's really like does it's like when like me and you forgot, forgot about, about uh, Major League on the Charlie Sheen. Like, what made Charlie Sheen <laughs> so great? And we forgot about it. It's the same thing. It's just like, oh, fuck, yeah, dude, The Five Bloods. Like, shit, yeah, of course, best picture. Put it in there. Fuck, yeah. But... You know, because that's but like they remembered the father. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> I, know, right? I guess my um, only theory that I could have is that it is a you know military based movie. There was a fucking Trump fan as like a, the I know the, the 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 lead actor went crazy and was the bad guy, but there was like a guy wearing a MAGA hat for the whole movie, and it was like a <laughs> Vietnam War film. That's the only thing I could think is there of there maybe being any hidden agenda behind it. And I feel like there has to be a hidden agenda because it was too good of a movie to be to- totally left off. So I don't know what the hidden agenda is. I feel like there has to be I one. Have, that could be my only theory, I would say. I have a less 
popular theory and it comes back to the time too when like we corona was first going on and we were doing a lot of the big geeked up zoom meetings with like all of our friends and whatnot and when we mentioned we watched the five bloods i think everyone in the room was like oh that movie fucking sucked <laughs> so i'm i propose that it might just be yeah. a shitty movie that you and i like <laughs> all right i mean what was uh do we have like can we can uh, can you rotten tomato it for me real quick and get like get, uh, get, get a feel remember, as what the... if you remember i remember the big complaint was uh when we were watching it was people were like dude i'm not watching like a news history thing because remember there's a lot of cutaways to like the news and what was going on there wasn't even as much for like a spike movie i mean like yeah, the sure, chicago, sure, and sure, i like the but... chicago trial of chicago 7 got nominated it's a straight up fucking like docu uh docudrama yeah you know? okay it's critics like, uh, Here's one of those weird things. We talked probably talked about it on Netflix and chat too, but critics gave it a 92%, uh, audience 54%. Wow. Gee, I do remember yeah. talking about it. I, I definitely can tell you what my theory was as to why the people didn't like it. Uh, 54% <laughs> fucking racist America, but uh, uh, the critics gave it 92%, then they fucking leave it off the Oscars? What yeah, the that's wild to me. I honestly think it just got forgotten. Yeah, honestly. I want to write an email. Can I email the Oscars and change this whole thing? Honestly, honestly. I think just enough, if we're still in the snub, kind of the same thing, though, uh, maybe not even the movie itself, but I think Regina King for Best Director is definitely a huge snub. Okay, for One Night Miami? For One Night Miami, yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Even that as a movie. And again, even if uh, if we if you have to take a couple movies out, we didn't see The Father, as we'll get into, but it can't be better than One Night Miami. Like, One Night, One, uh, One Night Miami was a great movie. I was surprised that that did not make the Best Picture nomination list, actually. Like, uh, you know, that, yeah. that was definitely a big surprise to me. Um, Regina King, great director. Uh, I don't know if any, I guess Leslie Odom was nominated, but none of, I guess there wasn't really like a lead. I don't know who the lead actor would have been in that one. Maybe the Ali character, but, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily surprised none of the actors got nominated, but they at least got Leslie Odom as a nomination for supporting actor Sam Cooke. And, uh, but yeah, other than that, it didn't, it didn't, it was a great movie that you would have thought maybe got better play with at least nominations and really got left off, you know, totally. So, yeah, I think it's another one that just totally got snubbed. Uh, but, another uh, snub for me, we talked about it, uh, and a spoiler alert, it'll probably come up in my picks again later. I'll mention it at least. But, uh, uh, one of my favorite movies of the year was First Cow. It was very, like, very much of an indie film, but very uplifting, super, you know, pretty to watch, the natural landscape and all. Great movie, great performances. Uh, uh, John Morago and the uh, Chinese guy were both great. I thought that, especially when it came out, I thought that that would uh, have played, have gotten some Oscar nomination somewhere. I thought it would have gotten, like, a credit. Hey, you guys made a great movie. We're going to throw you a bone and, and give you something. I felt it was, like, an Oscar-worthy kind of movie. So surprise! Yeah, interesting. Cow. It's got good reviews. I never even heard of it, but uh, I gave a big review on the Geeked Up podcast that you're co-host of. So uh, <laughs> I must have toned that one out. <laughs> yeah, but no, but uh, well, uh, I mean, was... like you said too, if it's an uplifting movie, dude, we could have definitely we could have used it in the Best Picture. <laughs> yeah, for year. sure. I mean, From more uplifting funny... anyway. It was you know a good tale of friendship and all, but. 
I definitely recommend that one as a as a snub. And we'll get into some when we get into our picks later. We'll get a uh, get into some of you know our favorite movies more. But I just felt that was a very like Oscar Oscar e kind of movie. You know what I mean? Like just a great film. So absolutely, man. And I guess we could say too that we've watched for the as best picture goes. We've watched pretty much all of them. Yeah, but I think we can both say we didn't watch The Father. And then the other one I didn't see, and it's a total fuck up on my part, is uh, Judas. And I'm probably gonna watch it before the Oscars for that. But Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, just because I have HBO Max, and I didn't realize it was only there for like a limited time. It's only there for like 30 days, <laughs> and now it's gone. Like that's kind of how they do it with the theater and HBO Max release on the yeah, same day. I didn't. Which, re- uh, Sorry, go ahead. Which, yeah, well, I'm sorry, which totally just like screwed me over because then when I finally sat down to watch it, I'm like, it's gone. And yeah, I had to pay $20 to, pay to rent for... it. I just yeah. have like a personal begrudging. Like, I was or... like in an interesting exact opposite story as the uh, geeked up fans might uh, know from chronicling it over the years, but uh, over the months rather. But I have not signed up for HBO Max because I got too many other goddamn streaming services already. So I, and I've already used up my <laughs> free trial watching Clacks Ashkin Park, obviously, which spoiler alert, best documentary nomination. But uh, so I, I uh, uh, and when I tried to watch it, uh, even just a couple weeks ago, it was exclusively on HBO Max at that point. So if I could have paid for it, I would have. But I couldn't. Gotcha. And now by this week, when it was, it's finally on. Uh, I where you can pay for it. I already had paid for Minari, and I'm watching these other ones. So it's like now I'm not going to pay. And you're right. We are recording this. I should we should say like a full week before the Oscars, the weekend before the mm-hmm. Oscars. So we, uh, I will try my best to watch that, and I probably will fork down the uh, the extra twenty bucks to watch that. You know, before the Oscars, however, we did neither one of us got that one in before our Oscar special here. You know? Correct, yeah. And both on just stupid dumb fuck ups on our part. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm still saying fuck up on HBO Maxes, but I'm not taking the blame for this. I'm not buying yeah, another goddamn streaming service. But no, no, <laughs> yeah. uh, confusion, you're right, though. If I knew that it was going to be out on a streaming thing where I would have been able to, because I didn't even know that was how it worked. I, I just thought it was going to be exclusively on HBO Max forever. So I was like, all right, fuck it, dude. If that's how you're doing it, I'm not fucking watching. You know what I mean? Like, I'll stick with my Hulu, Prime, Netflix, and Apple movies. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, fuck. <laughs> Plus, you can watch some old WrestleManias on your WWE yeah, exactly. network thing. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I signed into the lifetime contract of that. So, very true. So then, I guess topping the list then of movies we did watch because you know we are the Netflix and Chat Boys is uh, I guess let's kick it off with Mank because I think Mank really holds the record for like most nominations, or that's how it was at the uh, Globes. I don't know if that's true for the Oscars also. Yeah, I don't but know yeah, about I think record for most nominations. It definitely leads this year's field. Anyway, this year's nominations. Yeah, yeah, I think it's We've got, got nine or ten. Best picture, but, yeah, best no, supporting sure. our, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best actor, best uh, picture, director, and I'm a, I, I am a big David Fincher guy, like we said. So I guess he is Me somebody too. that I would like root for. The home time, it's a P.T. Anderson in there, I'll root for him. A David Fincher in there, I'll root for him. So I'll be pulling for him, I guess, to to have some success. However, what did you feel of Mank? For me. Not my fave, especially, I'd say, for me, I guess my ultimate review, uh, uh, just uh, I think that having it, uh, knowing that it got 10 Oscar nominations before watching it definitely affected how much I liked it or not, because I just felt it was very overrated. I watched it, and at the end, I was like, that was the fucking movie that got 10 Oscar noms? Like, what? That wasn't wasn't that great. Like, I was expecting a masterpiece, and it was far from a fucking masterpiece, I'd say, but... No, very true, too, man, and... 
I will say this though, because again, I I think it kind of was a masterpiece. Like the way it was filmed, it was filmed like a movie, like in the vein of Citizen Kane, because it's about Citizen Kane. To me, it seemed like of all the movies I watched, to me, it seemed like I totally get why this one is like riddled with Oscar nominations. The way it's filmed, it just has the feel out of like yeah. I want to say like the pompousness of an Oscar nominated you know, film. Having said that, dude, uh, like, Gary Oldman looks nothing like himself and all. It's like fucking yeah. Having said that, dude, like I definitely fell asleep halfway through watching it like <laughs> two in the afternoon on a Monday. Yeah. Like, I was watching it late. You told like, me that, and I was like, "Me too, dude. Did you watch it at midnight also?" You're like, "No, <laughs> two p.m. I, like, oh, I guess uh, you can't blame." Two p.m. Mug full of coffee. <laughs> lights yeah. out, dude. Uh, uh, Gary Oldman w- was great. I'd say I would say it would be interesting if this movie won for two reasons. I guess it would be interesting if it won one, but uh, it's like one of the most famous oscar trivias of all time but everybody of course knows that citizen kane did not win the oscars some movie that fucking nobody ever heard of beat it but like uh, uh that's regarded as one of the great oscar like snubs ever is citizen kane losing well, best down, picture what's up there's a, there's a whole conspiracy theory behind that though i was kind of like the main villain in make like literally did like block all him like make was the only okay, one that won an oscar for writing it but there's a big conspiracy that the guy who uh, is like the newspaper head? Who's like is in the movie? Yeah, really yeah, did yeah. like block theaters from showing the movie. Like, okay, and like had a hand in the Oscars, like a big snub. For yeah, everybody. I mean that's the whole point of the movie is that the Hollywood scene was all sorts of backdoor inner workings and all sorts of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that one angle that they really should have played up in the movie was the Orson Welles taking credit for it from Mank. I felt that kind of got sprung onto the plot line towards the end of the movie because it was more about his drinking and like relationships and whatnot and like his, you know, being an outsider from the world of Hollywood kind of. But uh, uh, so I felt that would have been like a cool storyline to actually keep you engaged and whatnot. But uh, uh, the other thing that I feel would be interesting is that if this movie, like just uh, uh, there is like always kind of talk about how social relevancy plays a part in the Oscars and, you know, this year with all these really powerful movies about civil rights and you know promising young woman and sexual harassment the me too movement and just all of like the movies with like poignancy and relevancy social relevancy this year i really would think Mm -hmm. it would be hilarious to see like a movie about the old drunken white guy like in the hollywood inner circle (laughs) i think all the like best picture mank (laughs) the entire cast of ma rainey and fucking one night miami and fucking you know chadwick postman's widow sitting there while gary oldman's thanking his agent (laughs) yeah yeah for sure like you know what, folks? This really speaks to what Hollywood's all about. Like, so I, so I got a feeling is... it's not going to win just because of that. But also, it doesn't deserve. But I would say Fincher, like you said, great cinematography, maybe a, a, a cinematography. And award. it was kind of weird to see. I think the reason Fincher even directed is because his old man wrote the script before he died. Yes, great, which call. is interesting. Yes, because very, very it's true. not a Fincher movie. I kept waiting for like a serial killer to show up or maybe his nurse was in his head the whole time <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they yeah. start like an underground fight club. No, that's true. The only thing Fincher about it is just how like, you know, interesting it is to look at, you know, from that standpoint. Like yeah, you said. exactly. But the like the filmmaking is really intricate and awesome. So but you're right. Uh, his dad, his late father, wrote, I think it was like the last thing that his late father wrote. And that's why he made I it. I think so it's the last really and sentimental. only thing. I, I okay, sure only the thing only well. thing is dad okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. But so the sense of, uh, he was already a sentimental favorite for me and you before. I'd say that even adds to it. So I'll be, I'll be rooting. So I'm going to be rooting for Mank this year. I'm rooting. 
rooting for Mank big. And uh, all lives matter as well, I, uh, let me just say. But, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, uh, for, I'll be pulling for Fincher anyway, but, but not my favorite yeah, right. movie anyway. <laughs> I guess uh, the next on the list would be uh, another Netflix favorite, would be The uh, uh, Trial of Chicago 7. All right. right. Sasha Baron Cohen uh, coming out back to back with Borat and getting buried alive by the Borat <laughs> release, stealing all the headlines. Because remember, they came out back to back weeks, and it was just like, are you going to watch him win an Oscar or, uh, or the Borat? Obviously, Borat. Yeah. Like, fucking. You going to watch him set up Giuliani, or are you going to watch yeah. him? Yeah. Get nominated for but uh, he best was... And he was nominated, like you uh, were just saying, right? But he was great in this one as well. The uh, guy that played William Kunstler, the lawyer, I think he did not get nominated, but he was great as well. Mike um, Rylance, yeah, he's a great actor. But really solid, though. It was probably better than I thought it was going to be going into it. You know what I mean? An, an Aaron Sorkin legal drama. I was like, all right, not Dude. necessarily. Don't think I'm going to love this, but it was, was fucking really good, you know? It was really good. And dude, I'll tell you what, it was done in like a... I don't want to say fun enough way, but of all the movies that were all kind of downers, like this one kind of like <laughs> yeah. had this sensitive subject, but in an upbeat, like I found myself laughing a lot in it. Like, no, for sure. They definitely dealt with it with, you know, some comedic, uh, there was definitely some comedic moments and they definitely made a good, uh, uh, like they definitely made a good movie out of it as you're watching. Like you uh, uh, might know what happens in the trial. You might know the history of the Chicago riots and all that, but they still made it an interesting between Sasha Baron Cohen's character and like the other, other, you know, defendant that he was kind of infighting with and uh, that whole battle. Like, they, there was just, like, yeah. enough of a movie storyline going on to keep you interested as to what was going to happen. And then by the time there was, like, the Abby Hoffman on the stand scene, it was like, fuck yeah, dude. This is, like, a major yeah, yeah, yeah. showdown. This is, like, yeah. Thanos fucking squaring and off. Plus, dude, well, yeah, def there definitely was a Thanos because, like, I, you know, they did such a good job of making you hate that judge so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That will also. I also feel like they were also. This is like Joseph Gordon Levitt. We're like, hey, dude, we get that we killed your career with Project Power here at Netflix. Do you want to play the prosecutor? Like, <laughs> we'll throw you a bone, dude. Like, we're sorry. I bad. hope that was one of those, yeah, like uh, five picture deals with Netflix that he was forced <laughs> yeah. to do. God, uh, and spoiler alert Project Power might come up in uh, my pick for if, if we do it when, when we do our worst movie category. Pro-Pound might get thrown in there. I guess that maybe is a year-end award for us, not an Oscar uh, award. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, all in all, that was good. It definitely, like you said, kept an upbeat. The only thing that's a bummer about it is, like, the uh, – as the – truth of american history you know yeah, so i can't blame yeah, the movie exactly. i kind of have to take it uh blame us on that one but uh but and that was a theme with a lot of the movies this year we're just like kind of about the wrongs of american past and just really like how uh, a couple in particular i talked actually it's uh i did it was another one of our snubs actually i should say but for in the documentary category that martin luther king doc that i talked about on geeked up which is like yeah. like you know details how the american government was out to thwart martin luther king and as well, but I, I got nommed, but uh, U.S. vs. Billy Holiday is as well. Like, all three of those movies 
are just 100% about how the American government was conspiring to thwart the civil rights movement by, like, targeting its fucking, you know, people that were uh, moving it on in the entertainment world. Of course, uh, U.S. versus Billie Holiday, which maybe we could cover next. But, uh, uh, and then, of course, Martin Luther King was a documentary that, you know, I thought was, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, really, really eye-opening anyway. So I was surprised that it didn't get an, an Oscar nom. But maybe we'll get into that later with our picks as well. But uh, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, so Chicago Seven was good, but depressing from that standpoint. As well as U.S. versus Billy Holiday. But did you see U.S. versus Billy Holiday? No, I was trying to bring out all the best pictures first, okay, so whilst yeah. also juggling Falcon Winter yeah. Soldier and <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. all of our <laughs> other normal fucking geeked watching. But and, and again, we still have like two weeks to watch all of these folks, so we probably like in our own personal life will catch a lot of the ones that we have not yet seen. But I would definitely recommend uh, U.S. vs. Billy Holiday if, if for uh, anybody, especially if you're not familiar with the Billy Holiday story and what the U.S government you know conspired against her and uh, uh just the story is amazing and andrea day or uh, uh that's her name right andrea andrea day but she yeah. as well was amazing she is nominated for best lead actress she carries the movie she's in pretty much every scene she as well i think does the singing which you don't know if how much like if this is if this is a bow rap style freddie mercury's voice is fucking multi-tracked on there as well but andrea day is it uh i think she's like this was her first role or one of her first roles in acting she's not an experienced actress she's like an r&b singer that they got to do this role but uh i think that's the story like i don't think that she's she's more of a of a singer than an actress i believe and she does a lot of amazing singing in this i don't know how much of that is you know a sound editing award potentially but between the singing between the actual music of the movie and her performance and the story and it's like social relevancy definite a, a great watch and a great performance you know she's has a tough battle with Frances McDormand for best actress in No Man Land however for sure great performance from uh, Andre Day Interesting. And great movie yeah, definitely, highly, highly yeah, recommend it and again it's a bummer it's a bummer it's, bummer. it's not like it's, out, yeah. it's not an uplifting tale you know what I mean it's like uh, uh, it's not like Chicago 7 did a much better job of keeping that subject matter light but mm-hmm. I guess moving on to uh, the other uh, Oscar-nominated films and not keeping it light would be Promising Young Woman. Although I will say that Promising Young Woman, for like a kind of a movie about like revenge, it is like very brightly colored. And, yeah. you know what I mean, like, I mean it's, it's practically it's, like a it's a black comedy slash rom com oh, sure. or anything. It's but comedy like would definitely comedy. be in the genre list, I'm sure. You Absolutely. Know. How did you feel if if you had to give it a, if you had to give it a Netflix and chat style uh, big LW audio scale? I'm giving I'm it a going, hated it. Hated it. I'm going between <laughs> a hated it and an oh hell yeah because I can't say I hated it. I liked it. You know what I mean? Okay, I see. But it was uh, I was You're, on the verge of it. I did like it though. I, I enjoyed the film. I enjoyed. Like, I mean, really it intense. A tough watch, honestly. If you're not familiar with the subject matter. It deals a lot with, you know, a really important, relevant subject, but like, you know, date rape and sexual harassment. The plot line is a kind of a girl that goes out and pretends to be so drunk that guys take, try to take her home to date rape her, in essence. And then she has like the surprise, scared straight, like, hey, I'm not drunk. But A, yeah. I felt that she didn't really do. And I guess a, a Bradley Cooper alert. I'm going to spoiler alert a little bit of this movie for you out there. So fast forward if you don't want to. Uh, uh, here, but I felt the movie would have been a lot better off if she was like 
fucking uh, uh, stealing from them or even injuring them in some type of like vigilante fucking superhero anti-hero she's killing these guys that are about to date rape her but she like gives her like a boo like i'm I'm sober like you better not do that again and then goes home and then later she starts to like wrap it up with revenge with the people that were really involved in her friend's suicide whole situation but i just didn't really get the you know the plot line from that aspect i didn't like it's a real tough intense watch just with the subject matter you know and again super relevant and again uh, i don't know if you saw but just a couple weeks ago in minnesota the Supreme Court overturned a rape case Absolutely. for a girl yeah. that was like fucking got drunk and somebody had sex with her again, you know, without any fucking consent. And the courts overturned a rape charge on the fact that she willingly got intoxicated. And it's now like Supreme Court precedent in the state of uh, Minnesota that you're you cannot be charged with rape of a girl that does not give consent if she willingly drank alcohol. Now that yep. obviously needs to get overturned, but obviously it's a fucking crazy situation that's really, really relevant and prevalent, unfortunately, in our culture. I'm sure me and you have a lot of girlfriends that have told the stories of horrible things that are related to this whole mm-hmm. subject, and it's a really terrible thing that like it's part of every young girl's life that fucking have to deal with this aspect of it you know what i mean so it's a good story to fucking tell and all that stuff and like a real important subject matter to cover however i just didn't really as a movie i felt they did a bad job telling it and covering it you know what i mean interesting yeah okay i liked it again like i said just because i did like the story i do like a good revenge tale even though you're right i thought too of going into it like you said i thought more so that she was uh doing some of these guys taking a finger i even had a theory watching it that she had some guy waiting outside every time that would come in and like rough them yeah up that comes in later that guy like she should but have been blackmailing them like robbing them or blackmailing them to do other shit for her to, like do good in the world and then i guess a big spoiler alert because I don't give a shit about this one. We'll, uh, we'll, can we talk about the end and what happens? If yeah, you'd like to, was... like, uh, maybe not even what happens, but do you like the end? Because I really felt at the – actually, fuck it. We'll just say she uh, she doesn't yeah. make it out alive. And I think the movie yeah. would have been a lot better if she did because she lost all empowerment of it. There was nothing empowering about the whole – about her I, tale. And maybe that was the point I of the movie. I think you're right. But... I think it that kind of is the point of the movie. I think the movie would have had a stronger ending if uh, – uh, it didn't do like the epilogue of like them all getting arrested at the wedding with her master plan. I think if she just would have like died and failed, do you know what I mean? It just kind of would show like, you know, like these fucking dudes are getting away with it no matter okay, what. Same. I just think it would have had a power powerful of a. Yeah, that would have been ending. more powerful. Definitely. Because it's like, you're, you're right. They kind of try to have the happy epilogue of like, look, they all go to jail at the end. But it's like, yeah, but she fucking got raped to death. You know what I mean? And your friend committed suicide and her life has been shit ever since. You know what I mean? It's just like, this is not like an empowering revenge tale. (laughs) You know, it could have been, it should have been, but I just feel like they didn't execute it. And as well, I just felt like the, uh, I really thought that the comedic scenes with her and the other coffee house girl were just like, these are just like not funny people trying to be 
comedic and charming, you know, like in the <laughs> boat. Burn. I'm just like, they're failing. I don't watch rom-coms, but they have to be. Like Spade and Lapkus pulled it off way better than this. Fucking, <laughs> you know? Speaking of snubs. Yeah, I mean, well, spoiler alert for my uh, <laughs> for my picks later. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, I agree with you. And again, too, I, we've talked about this, I think, off mic before, but I feel like this movie also seemed like a movie that never in a million years thought it was going to get nominated for Best Picture. You know what I mean? Especially just like with the casting, like Bo Burnham, fucking yeah. Molly Shannon, no, the guy from New call. Girl. It's just like, I don't think they ever thought this was going to be like a Best Picture nom. And the I mean, lead actress wrong, was but... great, and she as well is nominated for Best Lead Actress. She really did a great job. She is. And she as well Carrie was... Great. Carrie Mulligan is great. Carrie Mulligan, I'm not familiar with what else she's in, but she was great. And she as well is, is up in a real powerhouse class of supporting actress nominees because Glenn Close Dude, that best actress that best actress uh well she's in the best actress category Glenn Close is in best supporting oh, supporting actress, that okay. best actress category might be like the hardest hitting because you're right it's got Andrea Day from the Billy yes. Holiday Viola Davis from Black Bottom Francis McDormand from Nomadland Carrie Mulligan from Promising Young Woman and then I can also say Vanessa Kirby Pieces of a Woman hey movie I've never heard of uh <laughs> yeah no, for sure. No, but you're right. Uh, Andre Day and Frances McDormand were both amazing, so she's got no chance of winning that. But good for her for being nominated and definitely deserves a nomination. And, like, you know, that's a real, uh, 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 you know, real stamp of approval on the movie in general and her performance. But she's got zero chance of winning, <laughs> you know. But definitely. Uh... Jesus. By the way, I just looked it up, too. Pieces of a Woman starring Shia LaBeouf. Where's his snub? <laughs> is he a cancel is he on our cancel list am i uh i don't keep he's up with like all of the me too yeah. isn't he like Shia oh john, john uh, franco and can john franco can be uh or james franco can james he, franco he james, gets canceled yeah he can get put on the uh on the cancel yeah, scroll it's about time i feel like shia buff's always dipping his toe in the water of about to be canceled <laughs> it's like uh, we all know it's around the corner but uh <laughs> But I guess moving on then from Promising Young Woman, and I guess since we're talking about it's like what a powerhouse uh, the best lead actress nominations are, I guess logically we should move on to Nomadland. Ah, uh, yes. Nomadland. Uh, uh, definitely France, and Promising McDormand, like literally the entire fucking movie. Like definitely in every Correct. scene. Is there a scene she's not in? And it's a no, simple, like not. minimalistic movie. It's pretty much like a, a single camera following Frances McDormand around for two hours. And it's fucking no amazing. Land. Yeah. If you ever want to see a movie, if you're ever wondering, I wonder what Francis McDormand looks like peeing and pooping, then I'd say <laughs> check out Nomadland. Yeah. If you're like me and you spy on her uh, outside her Hollywood Hills apart, you already know. But, yeah, no, definitely Francis. And I'd like to say interesting uh, for the nominations, but two years ago, Francis McDormand won for three billboards outside mm -hmm. of Missouri. And the same year, Gary Oldman won for, uh, I guess, Churchill or whatever. But they were the winning oh, actor and uh, actress. This year, she's probably going to win again. And you know I'm pulling for Mank. <laughs> to me, <mean> both. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 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 so interesting. But so her and Gary Oldman again up there. But this time she like I was just saying, Andrew Day was great with uh, 
People versus Billy Holiday, U.S. versus Billy Holiday. But Frances McDormand was really just, you know, amazing. This movie, think... she carried it. I feel this movie as well just really speaks to like it's it's definitely not an uplifting tale, but it speaks to how everybody is kind of feeling in coronavirus. Everybody is kind of feeling like a nomad for the year. We're all just, you know, we've a lot of us have lost our uh, a lot of people have lost their jobs like her. A lot of people have lost everybody's lost their sense of community since you can't see your fucking friends. We're all lonely because you. You know, have to be six feet away from everybody. So it's just like we all like, uh, uh, and at least for me personally, but and I know a lot of people have just been like longing to just go on a fucking road trip and just be yeah, in the absolutely. middle of a national park by yourself. And that's what this movie is the entire time, you know. And it just really is like how I have felt during coronavirus, literally. And we talked about it and geeked up how we've both like planned vacations and stuff that we know we're not going to go on. But I've like woke up every day yeah, wishing yeah, yeah. that I was fucking by myself in the middle of a national park somewhere. You know, and uh, so I really feel Very like, true, man. you know, it spoke to how uh, uh, all the movies are bummers and speak to something, you know, relevance. But I feel like this one is really speaking to people's, you know, coronavirus I, I, sentiments. That too. But I also think that like just big props to Francis McDormand also just because I feel like if anybody else, any actress in the world played this role, I probably wouldn't have given as much as a shit. Like, I don't think anyone else could have really like kind of played that kind of character as well as Francis McDormand. You know what I mean? Yeah, it really didn't no, you're like I was right. watching a movie. It really seemed like I was watching like six months in the life of like this lady. You're right. And you told me something really interesting about this movie, but the other people in the movie weren't even uh, actors and actresses for the most part, right? I guess like that guy Dave probably was an actor, but a lot of those just like random nomads. Dave is an actor. Yeah, yeah. Like anybody. People people that work at uh, Amazon, the one guy who I do a great impression of, by the way. I don't say goodbye. I say I'll see you down the road. Oh, okay. That, I thought if this was any other movie, I would have thought for sure he was going to, like, rape and try to kill Francis McDormand because he's obviously a creep, that fucker. You know what I mean? And uh, this movie I knew was not going to go down that kind of dark road, but he had all the recipes for somebody that's killed many of, like... <laughs> he's fucking buried many of, like, lost souls in the desert, those fucking nomads, but... But you're right, man. I uh, I really like I really liked her in it, man. Like I really like her Absolutely. in everything. You know what I mean? Like couldn't agree more on both. And I was accounts. thinking about it too, just watching her in this. And again, like I said, it just seems like you're watching just like a day in the life of this woman. It didn't seem like it was a movie. But then I'm thinking back to like her in Fargo, and I'm just like Jesus Christ, like the range on this like this actress, dude. Yeah. Like play a role in Fargo where she's just like you know this funny kind of cop, you know, like talking funny and just like. It's a comedy. Well, I'm not entirely role, like sure about like your this. police work there, Lou. Yeah, exactly. Or to play a role like uh, Three Billboards. Like, she just, the range on her is just insane. Yeah, like, yeah, is no. there nothing this lady Is she can't married do? to a Cohen brother as well? Do yeah, I have absolutely. That right? Okay, she is. I think right. both of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Joel and Ethan collaboration, dude. <laughs> nice. <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, definitely always a sentimental favorite for us. But I really feel and Andre Day was amazing. We'll get into our picks later. Uh, uh, but, you know, I got I really feel that she's deserving of another Oscar. So it'll be yeah. potentially two and three years for her as well. Fucking amazing work, man. And then I guess bringing us uh, taking us home. We got two more left. Uh, of course, next on the list was Sound of Metal. Now. I'm going to say this, dude. I don't know if it's because I just watched this one, like, right before we started doing the podcast, but, oh, man, dude, fucking huge, huge fan of, uh, it's the freshest in my mind, you know what I mean? Okay, yep. So, it was, uh... It was great. 
fucking powerful. Was I, really I was I, I tuned good. in expecting a, the sound of a, a sound of music remake. <laughs> and I was like a, a heavy metal sound of music, <laughs> but, uh, Which, uh, with Metallica doing the score. <laughs> I don't know any of the sound of music songs. They should have fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, no, but honestly, man, fucking uh, a great, great, uh, great movie, great performance by Riz Ahmed. Like you said, really carrying the show. You know, definitely a good movie for like having a message, but as well just carrying on like a good movie that kept you engaged as to what was going to happen like there were very few movies i guess minari is the, the only other one out of the movies that would that we wa- that uh, are on this list that you're watching kind of wondering how it's going to end you know what i mean like none of the other movies yes, are meant yes. to be like that but this one is just like does he do fucking get the hearing uh, his hearing back and start playing in the band again you know does he get back with the girlfriend like how is this going to end what's going to happen next like uh, uh so it was like a traditional movie in that standpoint but as well like a really touching you know fucking movie with the message it was just you know, a so. great concept of not only is it like this heavy metal drummer who's now going deaf he's also now since he's going deaf faces going to relapse and using heroin again so he goes to like a hearing impaired like you know rehab almost and yeah. it's just like man what a fucking wild ride this poor guy is going on right now yeah, for like, sure I mean, one thing, a couple of uh, the couple of like movie compl- this movie as well. I feel is a movie that they uh, very well might have made, not expecting an Oscar. But Riz Ahmed fucking did such an amazing job that it like turned out to be that kind of quality, you know. Yeah. But uh, 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 a couple things like it wasn't the tightest movie in uh, uh, terms of did they ever like explain how and you just watch it so you maybe remember because I watched it a while ago. But did they ever really explain how he got to France at the end and all? I felt like one minute he was homeless. Next minute, he was like surprising his girlfriend in front. So there was a couple of things like that as well. I sure, felt yeah, they yeah, should have yeah. like kind of uh, uh, talked about more how fucking terror, like you know, what a life tragedy it would be to just lose the sound of music in your life. And there was never yeah, like if 100%. you're a fucking heavy metal drummer, even before uh, outside of the heavy metal, he's dancing with his girlfriend to fucking James Brown, or you know what I mean? He's like, obviously just like a music lover and somebody that's got a yes. fucking drum kit in your traveling van, like you're uh, you're obsessed with music to then go deaf and never be able to hear again like there should have been a monologue about how much and especially for me as a music lover you know what i mean like there should have been a a, a huge you know part of the movie dealing directly with what a loss to his you know fucking life uh music would be in general you know what i mean but a little nitpicky and all in all fucking great movie amazing performance by yeah i guess yeah there's a med too i gotta give him like the props of just like he's the kind of actor who like by just like facial expressions he can like get you there you're just like oh dude like you can see what this guy's like feeling and going through like yeah no the whole time like and he just projects it so well in this movie that and just everything this poor son of a bitch. Now, has he been really ever in anything else other? Because I never watched The Night Of, which you raved about here on the Geeked Up podcast, and fucking, it tried to get amazing. me to watch. But uh, 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 that one was amazing. Has he, and then you told me that he's actually like a rapper. So yeah, is he like he's a, a rapper? Is he in a lot of other stuff though, or like what else? You know, are these pretty much his think, only roles? Like that? I'm uh, having the Charlie Sheen's right now. He wasn't. He wasn't Star Wars or Rogue One. Uh, he was, you know, like one of the okay, one so of the good guys on the ship. But other than that, it wasn't like a lead lead role though. Yeah, Riz Ahmed was. 
yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. so but like he's not like a, a, those were pretty much his two big roles like if you're because he was amazing in that apparently and he was amazing in mm-hmm. this so like you know i'm just wondering as uh i feel like there's something i'm forgetting that okay, i like so. having the charlie sheen moment like once we get done i'm gonna be like but like you know wall street <laughs> yeah yeah because the night of was only what two years ago let's say three years ago yeah, like two like or three years ago. Before that, was he an actor or a rapper? You know what I mean? Has he been rapper, like a life? I want to say. Okay, I so think he was more like I think he was comes from like the music genre and okay. then got into acting. He's an Andre Day, an Andre Day kind of story. Correct, correct. <laughs> and um, then I guess really bringing it home, then what I was uh, I will wrap it up with was is uh, one of the two movies who I hadn't even heard of before the list, but uh, Minari. You know, bringing it okay. home, which nice. is. Uh, See, I'm a big, I'm a big me, Korean, your... uh, as we covered in Chronicle, I'm a big Korean baseball fan, and as well, I'm on top of the Korean movies. So uh... let's go, uh, Sun Lao Eagles, baby. <laughs> yeah, of course, that's an Eagles uh... fan. But <laughs> um, one of those movies too that I told you uh, before I watched it, my cold take, as you called it, is I was like, I got a feeling this one's going to be. Just yeah. by watching the trailer, I was like, I got a feeling this one's going to be really good. As you told me that it feeling... existed, I was like, watched all the Oscar yeah. movies. Like, how was Minari? I was like, what? That was who? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> but uh, it was great, man. It was just yeah. kind of exactly what I like was hoping for. And you're right, dude. The big scene still in the movie is like great for Steven Yeun, uh, you know, Walking Dead alumni to be. Nominated for Best Actor. Oh, that guy's in Walking Dead? Is that Glenn from Walking Dead that I always hear about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I I totally forgot about that. You told me that. But yeah, you guys would always talk about uh, Glenn for whatever reason. He always comes up on the show. But okay, that was the infamous Glenn. Interesting. Correct. But you were right. I mean, the scene stealers in that movie is six-year-old David and the grandma, dude. Yeah. Definitely the kid. You called the grandma, too, basically. Like, you told me that the reason you thought it was going to be good, you're like, I don't know, dude. There's a cursing grandma in the, in the commercial. Yeah, yeah, I love yes. that shit. That, that goes over huge with me. I was like, all right, dude, that's a good point. But uh, uh, you're right, though. The grandma and was she great. Did dis- she did, she not, did disappoint. not disappoint. No, absolutely not. But the eight-year-old kid, though, man, like, talk about a fucking, like, a character. I'll always remember oh. that little sweetheart and my fucking, uh, uh, as just, like, a definitive child character in a movie. But they really – it was great film psychology in this one as well where they really were getting you uh, – they had me totally convinced something horrible was going to happen to that kid. 100%. And dude. nothing ever did and then happened to somebody else. And, uh, uh, you know, so something horrible – like you knew something horrible was going to happen. So they had me on the edge of my seat. I was literally had so much fucking anxiety over something happening to that kid that I couldn't take it. And then when they ran yes. into the fire, I literally <laughs> got off of my goddamn moon chair. <laughs> like that's how good this movie was that. I literally got out of my seat with my hands on my head like, oh, you fucking... Want to know what that reminded me of, dude? It reminded me of uh, uh, Roma. The end of Roma when the fucking girl ran into the ocean and I was like, holy shit, don't fucking kill this goddamn girl. And then what this movie needed, though, was Tehe Prometido at the end because when (laughs) Tehe Prometido... Literally, though, when Tehe Prometido played at the end of that movie, it, like, uplifted... You you know what I mean? It's like you took a deep (laughs) sigh of relief and were like, it fucking brought life back in you and we're like holy shit everything's gonna be okay this movie was like missing that moment of fucking you know uh, and you're right you're right it's a lot of like sliding doors in that one dude because i was expecting for and i guess a little bit of a bradley cooper spoiler alert here but i was expecting of one of three things to happen like uh i was expecting the little boy to die at some point 
because they kept talking about his heart murmur. Yeah. I expected grandma to maybe die at some point because, you know, that's how these movies go. And I at least expected, dude, some fucking racist bullshit was yeah, going to go down. something racist and is going to happen, happen dude. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> never. They like, even encountered, like, a fucking uh, tobacco-spitting redneck, and nothing ever happened. Uh, yeah, totally. And he's like, you now you tell your dude, dad this... to be a good boy now, all right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks for bringing some yeah. diversity to the community, little fella. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, wait a minute. But you're right, dude. <laughs> the one guy was carrying a cross down the road. I was like, oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah. About time something fucking horrible happens. About time white people do something terrible. In this and movie. by the way, supporting actor, uh, supporting actor snub is the guy, the Christian like field hand for the guy. <laughs> yeah, fucking. Uh, because he was great in that movie, dude. I was, was really great. feeling those snub on that guy. I really feel Stephen Root would have crushed it. When did you not see Stephen Root all over that guy? <laughs> I was picturing like those glasses reminded me of the fucking Office Space guy or whatever. But I was like, oh man, they really missed the boat on not giving Stephen Root this fucking. Religious, uh, huge, <laughs> huge missed opportunity. Yeah, huge miss by them. But uh, but all in all, dude, I would say that uh, uh, just talking about the last three movies, like I said, um, uh, Nomadland kind of like spoke to me, the related with me the most. Just fucking wanting to be on the never-ending road trip during coronavirus. I felt Sound of Metal was maybe like the best, but I feel Minari was probably my favorite in general. You know what I mean? And yeah, again, we I'm did do like to... a, some spoiler alerts in there so sorry about that but it was just a great fucking movie having me you know like uh, uh just on edge but as well like you did they were conveying a message you know what i mean and there was a story there was fucking you know uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh fucking gentrification and all like all there was a, a lot of you know real world stuff that were going on however it was just a fucking you know not not a thrill a minute, but it had that feeling. You know what I mean. By the end, yeah. it like it very well could have been a fucking suspense. But even thriller. the parts where it wasn't like suspenseful, dude, it was still just interesting to see like the family dynamics. And again, I can't talk about David and the grandma enough. So <laughs> yeah, just, for sure. Like, dude, the comedy duo of these two, fucking yeah, like, watching wrestling and fucking. Uh, gen- absolutely, I would watch a spinoff series of them. <laughs> I know, seriously, I've been wanting a spinoff series so bad. Then uh, Wahlberg and Sheen hate- and The Departed. <laughs> Actually, no. I uh, Sorry. Dude, I hate to say it because I would totally take the David and Grandma spinoff then. It was announced, I think, like today as recording this, that there's already a sequel coming out to The Father. Literally, and this isn't a joke, it's called The Son, and it's with Hugh Jackman and Laura Dern. So, uh... is, that, oh, is that a joke? Uh, no. the, I was literally going to say that earlier. I was going to make a the sun joke, but so they've are not only is an only IMAX 3D in theaters, but <laughs> there's also a franchise already announced for this. <laughs> Do we have to well, see this? Like this really fits both were... of our uh, our Netflix and our Netflix and chat questions. Would I go see it in the theater? I guess I have to. Is it a franchise? Yeah, uh, they've already fucking said yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Apparently, they're plays though. So the guy, I think the guy's written three plays. It's part of a trilogy. Okay. He's the father, the son. I I'm see. guessing the daughter, but who knows? <laughs> the Holy Spirit is the uh, yeah. is the fucking trilogy. The father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. But uh, uh, wow, very interesting. But um, yeah. 
but I'll take David and the Grandma any day. <laughs> I guess another movie, and I guess we can get into, uh, uh, you know, we'll get into some of our picks now, but another couple, of the, another Oscar movie, and uh, uh, one of the main sentimental storylines, but uh, Ma Rainey is another one, and we'll talk about Bozeman in a second, but that movie was as well a play adaptation, I guess, like The Father, but Ma Rainey mm-hmm. really jumps out as being like a straight-up stage adaptation, like uh, uh, they, you know, it's it's really meant to be a play. It's just a drama, acting-led drama, uh, uh, but really an amazing job by Chadwick Boseman, and I feel that he really b- will be one of the big storylines of the Oscar, obviously, after the whole tragic passing, but really delivering a fucking amazing performance. There's one monologue in particular that uh, he gives just talking about, you know, what you have to deal with in life and knowing his situation. Like, it's just really, you know, uh, talk about uh, a, an Oscar, like a lead actor winning whole situation, but definitely worth checking out just for Chadwick Boseman's performance alone, but as well if you like a, a play on a movie a la The Father, but that's definitely... And One Night in Miami as well is very much of a play on a... Did you see One Night, One Night in Miami? I forget. Not yet. No, no, no. Okay. Like I said, I was watching... That one as well is... Both of those are like... They've very, they're obviously plays that they're just putting into a movie. Gotcha. One Night in Miami kind of... One Night in Miami kind of spruces it up a little bit and, uh, uh, you know, makes it more interesting, like, visually to watch as a movie... Where you know Ma Rainey, I think there's probably two sets and just uh, and and fucking twenty five huge long monologues by people, but for sure for Chadwick Boseman's performance, and I feel like this Oscars will be remembered at the end of the day. There's always a big storyline, and I feel that Chadwick Boseman uh, getting the best actor for that's what we're all rooting for anyway. You know, of course I'll, I'll still be pulling for Mank as we pointed out, but uh, 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 especially well, I guess if you're looking for movies too that uh, don't forget if your movies too that were like plays that. Like adapted to movies. Let's not forget. Uh, check out Cats. <laughs> yeah, I guess even Cats came out this year. <laughs> but uh, definitely, if you liked Ma Rainey and One Night in Miami, definitely check out yeah. Cats. You love Cats. <laughs> you love Cats. <laughs> but uh, I guess that's probably the last of the overall Oscar nominations uh, mm-hmm. that to speak of out of the movies that I've seen anyway. But. Correct. And I think we're covering all the best pictures. A lot of things. Should we take a closer look now at our personal picks? Should we get it to the official Geeked Up, uh, the uh, the 225th annual Geeked Up uh, Oscars picks? Now, I, by the way, I'd like to point out, have uh, uh, nailed three in a, three years in a row. Your boy Big LW has nailed the Best Picture Award, all right? Where uh, last year, of course, I nailed it for uh, Parasite, where I believe you loved Parasite as well, but I believe you had Jojo Rabbit, which I think you uh, liked Parasite more, but thought they were going to give it to Jojo Rabbit. I liked Jojo Rabbit more, but thought they were going to give it to Parasite, because I didn't (laughs) think there was going to be like a fucking Nazi on stage to think of the Oscar speech. But uh, uh, So I had Parasite last year, then uh, the year before that, of course, I had Green Book, uh, whereas you took uh, uh, Bo Rap, I believe. And then the year before Correct. that, I had Shape Out of Water, uh, the Guillermo del Toro pick. I haven't got one wrong since I fucking missed out on La La Land. And of course, as we all remember, that's the one stupid Warren Beatty announced as La La Land. And then it was Moonlight oh, yes. one. But so I was so close to getting... Uh, uh, but, so, that should still be a half a point. 
Yeah, for real. But so all the way back to La La Land for me to not get a uh, a nail the Oscar winner for Best Picture. However, this year I'm not as confident, honestly. I feel much more even field, and uh, uh, I guess we'll get into our picks now, but uh, we won't start off with the Best Picture, obviously. No, we'll go but... in the same order as like we were going to do it. So we'll start with, uh, let's say, Best Supporting Actress, all right? Best right. Supporting Actress... Who do we got? So I mean, I guess uh, we're right, right, uh, right off the bat, the lead, uh, the lead story here is the girl from Borat. Like, mm-hmm. what an amazing performance! Usually, comedic performances like that don't get recognized by the Academy. <laughs> However, the fact that he almost got Giuliani to rape her on film, I got a feeling. My, <laughs> I think we said it at the time. If there, if anything's going to win you points with the Academy, it's uh. uh impaling the career of Giuliani as well. Glenn Close is up is up for it though. Always, uh... yeah. But like I said, she was also nominated for a, uh, a Razzie for that same role. Okay, interesting, so, interesting. Yeah, very. I was going to say always stiff competition, but uh, uh, so but for my ultimate pick though, I gave a spoiler alert before a teaser alert before, but I'm going Lauren Lapkiss in Wrong Missy, <laughs> and again just to fill you in for our official geeked up picks, we're not shackled down to the constraints of the That's Academy. Right. Uh, we'll give you who uh, who we think the Academy is going to pick. And I guess I do think that the girl from uh, Borat will win. However, my pick, honestly, best supporting oh, performance really? by an crazy. actress. Who do you think is going to? Uh, I guess we'll give you. You'll get your pick in a minute. But uh, I honestly, though, not joking around. I, I fucking loved Wrong Missy. I thought that was my introduction to Lauren Lapkus. I thought she was fucking hilarious. It's tough to get me laughing in a rom com like that. And for a lead, for a lady to outshine Spade uh, uh, and really carry the movie for me, I fucking loved that performance. So I'm giving Lauren Lapkus. For wrong, Missy, the geeked up award, the geeked up Oscar for uh, uh, best supporting actress in a film. However, I think the stupid Academy is going to go for Bulgarian girl from Bo- from Borat. Interesting, very interesting. Because my, I didn't go outside of the box in this one, but who I want to win would be uh, the girl from Borat. But who I think is going to win is going to be the grandma from uh, Minari. Okay, I right. don't think there's any chance in hell that uh, the girl from Borat's going <laughs> to I mean, it's definitely crazy rooting for the that you think that's going to happen. <laughs> well, give us the noms again, actually. Do you have the noms like handy again? I do. I do. I do. I do. I'm right here. So the nominations are Maria Baklava for Borat, uh, Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman for The Father, Amanda Seyfried for Mank, and then Yu Jung Yoon for The Grandma Minari. Okay, yeah, you're you're probably right. Actually, I forgot about the grandma from Minari. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm on. sticking with my I'm sticking with my girl from Borat. <laughs> However, you're uh, you're probably onto something with the grandma. Yeah, I and well see deserved. The girl from she Borat was great, win, and I hope she like, comes out on character and like does the moon dance on stage. <laughs> <laughs> um, but honestly, I I would uh, after seeing Borat, I thought that I couldn't possibly be rooting for anybody harder than the girl from Borat. However, grandma from Minari, I would be just as happy with. To be perfectly honest. So, mm-hmm. so then I guess moving on then to uh, best supporting actor. All right, uh, I guess I'll run through the guys again. We yeah, got I'll let Sasha you run Baron through Cohen. the. Uh, I'll let you run through the noms this time. Okay, we got Sasha Baron Cohen for Trial Chicago Seven, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, Paul Racy for Sound of Metal. He was like the guy that ran the uh, yeah. the rehab. And then like Keith Stanfield for Judas and Black Messiah, which off the bat, I'm going to say something weird. Daniel Kaluuya and Keith Stanfield 
neither of them were. Who was the? Who I was, was going to say, am I wrong when you said Lakeith Stanfield, or didn't you already mention Daniel Kaluuya or whatever his name yeah. is? So they're both supporting actors. Yeah, so who's the lead in this fucking Wow, play? we should have you know thrown that I mean? in there with our snubs earlier. And again, unfortunately, neither one of us have seen that yet. We both plan on it. Uh, uh, because, look, it's the same thing that happened two years ago or last year. Once upon a time in Hollywood, it was a weird thing to do. But in the end, Leo was the lead. Yeah, they had to choose somebody. Fit. I mean, Even though you could have coined them. This one, there was like, they're, they're both supporting. Like, what, each <laughs> other? Who's the fuck? <laughs> I know, seriously. Wow, that's interesting. I uh, We should have brought that up earlier, but... Um, and again, uh, uh, we haven't seen that. So I would hope one of them wins then, for fuck's sake. But uh... That's my uh, – if I'll go first. My think is I think that uh, one of them are going to win it, one of the two of them. Um, but what I want is Chadwick Boseman for his role in The Five Bloods as Storm and Norman. Okay, right? Storm and Norman from uh, – you're sticking Norman with your pick from Bloods. fucking last November or whenever the fuck that movie came out. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but, uh, Correct. Uh, I mean, definitely was would be uh, a well-worthy – Fair performance. He wasn't in it for that long necessarily, but long enough to win a supporting actress, uh, a supporting mm-hmm. actor rather. And uh, uh, great job. I probably will amend my you know actual pick, like you said, to either Lakeith Stanfield or the other guy from Judas and the Black Messiah. However, out of the movies that I've seen, I would say Leslie Odom from One Night in Miami over Sasha Baron Cohen again from the standpoint where he does amazing singing in that movie. And I, I don't know if he. I know Leslie Odom, of course, is a singer. He's the guy from uh, from fucking Hamilton, the guy that played mm-hmm. uh, uh, Aaron Burr or whatever in Hamilton. But he's like is a rapper, a music- singer, a musician. So I'm not sure if he was actually singing that or how much of that is, you know, the the uh, sound editing award goes to. But uh, I think of the guy uh, from Hamilton. I can only imagine he's probably singing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing some real deal Sam Cooke singing in this one though. So he uh, but he did a great job. He was easily, I felt, he was like a, a head and shoulders above all of the other actors in that circle. The guy that played Malcolm X, the guy that played Muhammad Ali, and the guy that played Jim, in, uh, played Jim Brown, and as Devin called it, the Avengers of the Civil Rights Avengers for the made-up <laughs> oh story of, uh, of... I mean, it's a made-up story. It's a funny line. Real people, of course. But he was easily the best actor from those four, anyway. So I would, uh, uh, without seeing... Judas and Black Messiah, I would give it to him. However, I've got another uh, uh, I've got another nomination, however, from a movie. Shout out to Netflix and chat. But how about Robert Pattinson for Devil All the Time? He was the fucking Ooh. evil preacher. The evil uh, uh, fucking preacher in Devil All the Great Time. Great call. Great call, right? Great that was a, call. And me and yeah, you yeah, really yeah. liked that. That was a fucking like, bone-chilling kind of character. You know what I mean? Fucking uh, was, uh, hated dude. that fucking douche in that movie. Yeah. So great call but for him. But he played him. it so well. However, yeah. uh, kind of in similar vein to you, and I already teased it, but I'm going to the eight-year-old in Minari. Fucking my favorite supporting uh, actor <laughs> out of any movie of the year. But if it's not going to Chadwick Boseman, I'm giving it to the eight-year-old from Minari as the, as the uh, big LW Oscar for 2020, 2021, rather. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. Bring us along then to the best actress category. We'll run through it again, even though we've done it a couple times now because it's, I'd yeah. say, the biggest powerhouse one. But uh, we got Viola Davis for Ma Rainey, uh, Andrea Day for United States versus Billie Holiday. Uh, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman. There it is right there. Uh, Francis McDormand, Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. 
Okay, as well, the uh, the lady Viola Lewis or whatever her name is from Ma Rainey. I know that that movie, uh, like I was talking, was really kind of stole the show by Chadwick Boseman, who absolutely did. But her, uh, uh, she again, she is another like unforgettable, fucking just like dark evil and she's like you know uh, they're painting out to be she's victimized by the fucking culture around her and has turned her into this fucking like hard bitch of a personality but like ma rainey is a character that you'll never forget as being like wow that is a fucking bitch you do not want to cross that fucking goddamn ma rainey like she was amazing as a fucking like makes your skin crawl run the other way when fucking ma's coming kind of character you know so uh, yeah, a scary, powerful character. So she was really well-deserved a nomination for sure and, and, as well. I don't think uh, with Andre Day and Frances McDormand standing up in there, I don't know if she's going to take it. But I've got another uh, a nomination as well from outside. Two nominations, actually, from outside the flock. But uh, one big shout-out to Ted's daughter. Of course, from Bill and Ted's bogus, uh, whatever the fuck the third one was. <laughs> but whatever the girl that I liked from that movie was that was listening to, like, the dead from 74 in the fucking first scene. A bit major points to her. But on a more serious note, a great performance in a great indie film, Kajillionaire, by Evan Rachel Woods from uh, uh, Westworld. Sure, carrying sure. a great movie, fucking, like, a black comedy. Uh, uh, but she was a, a real – she did a great job in uh, in Kajillionaire as well, I'd say. It was one of my like faves of uh fave movies that i've seen over the year but uh, uh evan rachel woods however if i'm gonna lead off with my pick big shout out to andre day was absolutely amazing as billy holiday i don't know how much of the singing you can give her points for because they can really sweeten it up in the post so i'm going Frances mcdormand for her second uh oscar in three years and i think probably her at least third overall with fargo but uh just really an amazing performance you know, in every scene, much like Andre Day, you, you can't go wrong with either one of those picks. But I think the Academy will give it to uh, Andre Day, however. How about that? I think the Academy will give it to Andre Day. I, uh, I myself, am going Francis McDormand for the Big LW Oscar 2021 well, pick. I'm with you on that. I think, I think and I want uh, Francis McDormand to win. I think she is going to win it. It's, again, I haven't seen the other two, so I can't put it. But I just know that, like... Like I was saying, the range of Frances McDormand is uh, quite amazing. Like I said, I probably wouldn't have watched that movie had it been starring anybody else or believed it as much, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely believed uh, it as much. She's so, like, you know, unglamorous with all best of respect to her, but she's able to pull off fucking, you know, you believed her as a nomad. My geek's choice is, uh, you know, it suffered from Coronaville and it never got released. It's getting released in July, but... I'm sorry, going to throw it out. Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow, hands down. Oh, my God. What a, what a great job she did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she definitely should have been up for a nomination by now because it should have been released I've been watching trailers years ago. for that movie. Yeah, I've watched trailers for that movie for a year. I feel like I've got it down. Yeah, I feel like I've I seen think she wins an Oscar just for the trailer, honestly. Uh, <laughs> but I think, I think, and I want, I think Frances McDormand's going to win it, and I want Frances McDormand to uh Honestly, one thing that works against Frances McDormand, just for my like overthinking conspiracy theories, a she just won it a couple years ago. B she fucking gave a pretty shitty speech at the Globes. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't really care about getting the award. You know what I mean? That's true. That's and Andre Day, yeah. they get major points. It's a fucking super relevant. And you know what I mean? That's it very al- true. It also might be foreshadowing to what I think the next one goes, but I think they might be throwing it to Andre Day for this one. Because of, of course we're going Mank for the actor, so 
say no more for, uh, <laughs> because here we go for the Best riot to ensue role. after they give it to Mank. Best lead actor role: uh, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal; Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's; Anthony Hopkins for The Father; Gary Oldman for Mank; Stephen Yoon for Minari; and somehow neither of the guys from Judas and the Black Messiah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which no, is still just, I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, I don't sure. understand. But, I mean, we talked about it already. A real powerhouse flock of nominations from the Academy. Uh, I got a couple uh, other shout-outs for great performances, but how about McConaughey for The Gentleman? Remember early in the year? Oh, Fucking it came out that like right great. when it started, but it was a great movie. Guy Ritchie, we both loved it, but I, I, I never thought I'd like McConaughey uh, uh, more than the American drug dealer in England, but uh, uh, as well, the guy from Arch Enemy, what's his name? Fucking uh, John Mangelino, Mangeliano or whatever, but yeah, from Arch John Enemy. Man. Gotta give a big shout-out sure. to him. He fucking did a great job in that movie like the most fun superhero sci-fi movie of the year and uh uh is like a deranged anti-hero he was fucking great so big shout out to him Dude, i'll throw out uh just in vain of those movies two supporting actors i would have thought of both from those movies or from each movie you talked of hugh grant from uh, the gentleman just playing like okay. such a sleazy guy yeah, like yeah. if you didn't know that was hugh grant you wouldn't know and i also want to say paul Shear from uh, arch enemy he's in it for like four or five minutes but really like sets up like the plot of like what's going to happen and why everything goes sideways and he's just this drugged out tattooed okay, fucking yeah, freak yeah. and he's like so out of character for him but it was so good it was like okay, definitely yeah, a yeah, yeah for sure that was like, a great role like, dude paul shears loses his fucking the, mind. Uh, the bad guy the arch enemy had a great weaselly bad guy as well <laughs> yeah glenn uh glenn howardson dude dennis from uh, always sunny was the bad guy. That was Dennis. Yes, yeah, you were 100% right. <laughs> yeah, Dennis from, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Dennis from It's Always Sunny was the bad guy. I forgot that was Dennis from It's Always Sunny. Yeah, but he did a great job, you. like the weaselly <laughs> bad guy. I, I, I only see those guys in their, like, It's Always Sunny fucking characters. If I see them, like, if I see Charlie Day in makeup or anything, I'm like fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I, I thought that the uh, Chicago, I thought the guy from uh, Tr- Chicago Trial 7 looked just like Charlie Day. Yeah, 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 he did. But, uh, but uh, I guess, so for the uh, best actor noms, all right, all right. So who's your actual with, pick? Uh, do you, do you, right, here's what I say. Here's what I think. I think that the Oscars are going to give it to Chadwick Boseman, no doubt. Uh, yeah. I think it's the sure win. Who I want to win is I want to see Riz Ahmed take it. I just thought he was fucking spectacular uh, in the movie. But uh, you have yet to see Ma Rainey, though. That's true. That's so true. you got to see Ma Rainey before you make that make that call. But, uh, That's true. But I think I do think Chadwick Boseman's going to get it. And, uh, but honestly, who uh, do and I, who do was I too, so. Yeah, but who do I really want to win it, dude? Is uh, of course our boy Delroy Lindo from For the sure. Bloods. Geeked up pick I'm goes in. to Delroy Lindo, a combined <laughs> de- no geeked doubt. up pick. And I'm not even joking. Like, and, and I and I do hope Chadwick Boseman gets it. And if Delroy Lindo was nominated, I would still probably hope Chadwick Boseman gets it. Not just for his performance, but just for the moment and the whole situation. But Delroy Lindo, not only do I feel was just an absolutely amazing performance, but I also feel like Delroy Lindo is probably not going to get a chance to another chance to win an oscar for best actor you know what i mean and in terms of like a career fucking uh, acknowledgement he's been a great actor 
from you know clockers and just a lot of he's just a, he's a, a fucking lifelong co- you know character kind of actor mm-hmm. and to have him no, at least time. to get his fucking moment of approval and acknowledgement with the nomination it's a crime that he did not but i honestly feel like uh outside of chadwick boseman even with riz ahmed who is amazing and even gary oldman was amazing but uh yeah, i'm going gary delroy lindo and to be perfectly honest 100 percent. yeah like you said not even joking around like, yeah yeah huge fucking huge huge snub um moving on then i guess to the best director category all right we got uh thomas vinterberg for another round david fincher for mank uh lee isaac chang or lee i'm sorry lee isaac chung for minari chloe zhao for nomadland and emerald finelli bam for promising young woman <laughs> um this one's interesting man this yeah. was uh definitely different i will say this that we didn't talk about another round, but that's a foreign film that it's about like it's starring Mads Mickelson and it's about like a bunch of like college professors who like I forget they try and stay drunk for like a week or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like a beaut so, Yeah, yeah, it's like a fucking stoner comedy with alcohol instead, but it's like a exactly. wild like fucking booze comedy. And uh yeah, I got a lot of re- I do have a couple of foreign films. We'll, we'll actually we'll get into the foreign films before uh real quick I'll give you a pick before you know the, the best picture but uh in terms of the director though i get like we said before i guess a sentimental favorite would be fincher being up for there and i really do mm-hmm. feel like he did an amazing job with that movie for like i didn't necessarily love, the only thing that i liked about it was the cinematography and the stuff going on with it you know but uh and then some of the other movies i really felt like nomadland was you know chloe's you know i felt that movie was so much about france mcdormand's performance as opposed to the Correct. direction like the landscape shots are pretty but you're fucking standing in you know what i mean yellowstone national park of course it's gonna be pretty you know uh uh uh, uh and then who are some of the what were the other ones uh emerald Fernelli for uh promising young woman i mean he's got a great yeah, shrimp think- recipe but uh <laughs> <laughs> Hated promising young women. Uh, what was the next it's one? It's Emerald, by the way. It's the lady who was the director oh, of promising young woman. <laughs> okay, I see. It's not Emerald Lagasse. I see. But, no. uh, um, uh, and then uh, Minari Lee got directed for or? Minari. Okay, yeah, correct. I could see that. I could see that. But uh, I'm going David Fincher, and honestly, I I feel David Fincher probably uh, probably was the best. So I'm going to give it to the the Academy. Uh, my pick for the Academy goes to David Fincher. However, the geeked up pick. For director of the year, I'm going to my boy Alex Anderson for timing and a big shout oh, out. And, uh, and definitely the trailer quote of the year goes out to the Geeked Up Boys. But uh, of course, and you can check out the episode of Alex Anderson on the Geeked Up podcast talking about his movie Timing starring Mike Cannon. But uh, a, 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 a sentimental, a heart-filled rom-com that'll have you laughing and also get your late if you watch it with your girls. So uh, check out Timing by Alex Anderson. <laughs> A romantic at heart. Big snub. Big snub. Yeah, big, big snub. snub. Uh, um, I'm with you on the same sense that I do think David Fincher is going to win for Best Director. And I like what you said, that movie just had, like, a lot of it was his directing in it. Um, and, you know, I think Sentimental Favorite, I think maybe his only contender really in this category would be uh, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari. You know what I mean? Like you said, I think Nomadland is... Uh, uh, more of a Francis McDormand performance. But I will say, again, just kind of sticking with the theme, though, big snub from Spike Lee because yeah. a lot of the things I loved about The Five Bloods was, like, the Spike Lee element of it. I think we talked about when we did the Netflix in chat, 
is that like if you didn't tell me who directed this movie within like 20 minutes i could figure out that it's a spike Lee yeah yeah joint, no, if you sure. will like it so there's so many different but, different reasons why he did a great job from that movie from how cool it was to look at for the landscape shots mm-hmm. in vietnam to the fucking like i said you know just the uh, whole story in general, music, really story in general. Yeah. it really like puts you in the mind frame of like a fucking psych like a losing his mind fucking uh nom yeah, vet. Yeah. you know what i mean absolutely i was delroy lindo for uh, for two and a half hours you know like <laughs> yeah and then but i do think fincher is probably gonna get it yeah which yeah. is uh and without spike and, and with that with, with spike and anderson getting snubbed i'm taking fincher and let's not forget i think huge snub again regina king for one night in miami i think uh yeah I'm yeah shocked. for sure i'm shocked like shocked she didn't get a nomination for which sure. i guess would bring us down to uh the best picture of the year I mean, I got a couple other awards, though, real quick. We don't need to go all through right. the uh, all the noms, but uh, me and you both made a comment after watching Sound of Metal, sound mixing, sound editing. <clears throat> you can fucking yes. write it home to Sound of Metal. And great job, like, uh, uh, was almost, Absolutely. like, Quiet Place with, like, uh, that was a huge factor of the movie was them going from fucking silent to ambient noise and all this stuff uh, uh how about uh for score i know our boy spike and uh the castify bloods up for score but as well as trent red uh, trent resner is up for an oscar for the score of soul and as well he worked with john baptiste but uh trent resner and john baptiste what? are uh, uh, i guess did the score for soul the disney movie <laughs> yeah so trent resner getting an oscar <laughs> fuck yeah dude what a time to be alive he not he doesn't want to just fuck you like an animal anymore yeah he, uh, he's a fucking he wins an oscar for a disney movie uh and how Jesus. about unless there's another guy named trent Reznor, which is like i doubt be? it but uh, uh and then how about another one shout out again to netflix and chat but best original song goes to eurovision and literally is nominated <laughs> for best song <laughs> it's not even a geeked up pick like uh, will ferrell and eurovision i don't know if it's yaya ding dong or what fucking song but uh uh, uh up for the academy award for best <laughs> original music is uh fucking uh, eurovision so and then a couple yes. other like uh real ones but uh best the best doc i saw again i felt that good trouble by john lewis or with john lewis was a big snub for a fucking real un- uplifting one but octopus teacher i didn't see all the docs but i did see octopus teacher which is on netflix which was fucking great and then i saw there's also the one the Sorry, documentary yeah. where the old guy going undercover as like a mole yes. in nursing homes looks fantastic. I haven't seen it, but it looks like that one looks great as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Crip Camp is like the odds on favorite. I feel to win that one, and then I did see a foreign film, but White Tiger, which is on Netflix, fucking great, uh, dude, dude. So really kind of good. A funny story, and I won't go into uh, too much. Anyway, I've had Thanksgiving with the director of that film. What without uh, too much dick bragging? Yeah. He, like, did Fezzi did, did Fezzi fucking uh, direct that and come no. over and throw up? <laughs> did the director throw up on your fucking uh, throw up in your house and take your sweater home? <laughs> no, no, no. But I'll talk to you about it off okay, later. But yeah, dude, great. It was a great movie though. Try to fucking uh, uh, see if we can get him on. And then yeah, we watched a couple fantastic. other uh, uh, as well. Uh, then we watched a couple other foreign films throughout the year. But the hater. 
and uh, cuties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, both got snubbed. <laughs> not, but, uh, not cuties. But I did watch another one that is nominated, actually. Better Days was a Chinese movie. That's kind of like a blend of Hater and Cuties. It shows, It's like uh, uh, the pressure of like these Chinese testing. But it has, remember how like badass the, uh, the punk kids and cuties were? These little Chinese fucking kids are fucking even worse than the cuties girls. But uh, uh, I'm going White have, uh, Tiger, I, though, as my foreign film pick. White Tiger is fucking great on uh, yeah. Netflix. Agreed, agreed. Uh, and another too. round looks great too, though. Another round looks like it'll be a fun one, though. So. Yeah, it does. It does look like it be fun. But should that bring us then to the uh, the main show here? Like I said, we'll run through it one more time. We have The Father. We have Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of Chicago 7. Um, you know, a lot of contenders this one. If I'll go first, what I think is going to win the best picture this year, and like you said, I've been pretty much 0 for 3, and you've been on the nose with it, but I'm going to say, and I think it's the one I want to see win too, uh, I'm going to say Minari wins it this year, man. I think Minari is going to be the big best picture winner. What do I want to see? We all know what I want to see win. The Five Bloods, baby. <laughs> it was... Uh, yeah, just yeah. because of the absolute audacity of it being so snubbed. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And honestly, not even just the uh, it being so snubbed, but I really do feel uh, after watching every movie. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you watch the movie. What's your immediate feeling afterwards? I felt that The Five Bloods was like, A, I immediately thought it was the best, but I feel in a lot of ways it stuck with me the most, and it was, like, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot more diverse than a lot of these other films. I think that the uh, three that have, and again, for me, my sentimental choice is, of course, Mank, just because I root for chaos and I want to see everybody (laughs) flip their shit when Mank wins at the end. (laughs) But uh, I think the only three that have a chance to win, uh, 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 to be honest, uh, is Mank, and then I think it's a two-man race between Nomadland and Minari, even though I felt that mm-hmm. Sound of Metal was uh, uh, great. I don't necessarily see it winning the Oscars, but uh, I've, I've got a really tough call. It's kind of a toss-up. Ultimately, I'm going to go with Nomadland. Uh, uh, Interesting. You know, just because Francis McDormand's been there, Chloe Zahn. Uh, I think that it won the Globes as well, which is kind of playing into my I fucking... It playing into my decision but i just don't know if minari is you know i just don't know if they're going to give the oscar to minari it was a great movie but uh uh i just feel that something about nomadland might just be a little bit more relatable to an oscar speech as well it's directed by chinese maybe american or you know chloe zong is i think chinese anyway so there is like an asian whole connection to the movie for the uh, you know current situation in America with all the anti-Asian violence, if that does play into the voters' minds, who knows? But ultimately speaking, I just think that kind of the coronavirus feel of it and all, like I said, I just feel like it's more of an uh, a best picture of the Oscars than Minari, even though I probably enjoyed Minari more. But uh, uh, Nomadland is uh, uh, my where I think the Oscars are going. But I'm with you, that dude, though, in all honesty, and my uh, uh, as well, first cow. I honestly would recommend it to anybody. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I felt that uh, the, my two favorite movies that I watched probably all year were First Cow and then Defy Bloods. And uh, for me, you already said it. We already said it for the uh, for the Geeked Up podcast long ago. But I really felt that that was the best movie of the year. And, uh, you know, like I said. And we're for- talking favorite movies of the year. I'm with you on Defy Bloods. 
And instead of the other one, did you watch that I didn't? I'm going to say my second favorite movie of the year, uh, Big Hubie Halloween snub. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Colin Quinn I watched for that movie like of the year. Times. Yeah, I watched the movie like five times during October. <laughs> so, yeah, so for all that, though, uh, we've talked about it enough. I don't need to give you more of an explanation on The Five Bloods, but that was That's my right. picks. But... So Liam's now, if you guys are keeping score here, you know, Liam's three for three. He went with Nomadland. I haven't hit one yet. I'm thinking Minari is going to take it this year. I, uh, Minari, I really you know? like As well, I don't want to say like this, said, but the fact that they gave it to Bong Joon-ho last year, I just kind of have a feeling that they're going to not necessarily vote for no, another like, full Korean staff and everything like that. Filmmakers, they're going to give it, uh, you know, I know that the anti-Asian thing is big right now. If you're thinking in any type of conspiracy term relevance for the voters of the Academy. Well, that's why I think that the violence. What's up? It's that anti-Asian violence. We're not anti-Asian here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Of course. <laughs> but, you know, they, uh, uh, Nomadland has the Chinese director. So it even has that going for it. You know what I mean? So I just feel that, that I feel that the Academy is going to give it to Nomadland. However, Minari was better, and The Five Bloods was even better than that. So Yeah, <laughs> correct. <laughs> the, way correct. I, the way I look and at it. I, I think and, you know, The Five Bloods has everything. It's even got Chadwick Postman if we want to be throwing out. It's, yeah, it's it's got it all, maybe. <laughs> Fucking goddamn movie had everything. Yeah, I don't know what went wrong. There was even a Creedence song, I'm pretty sure. Fucking. (laughs) (laughs) It ain't me! It ain't me! Every other Vietnam movie. It's a Vietnam movie, right? (laughs) Exactly. I gotta play Fortunate Son at least once. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, I guess that's pretty much then another, the end of the 97th annual Geeked Up Oscar special. Uh, Of course, email us in your picks, what you think, maybe some of your snubs. uh, Of course, at the Geeked Up Podcast at gmail.com. Um, yes, and check our Facebook page because we very well both might watch uh, Judas and the Black Messiah and totally change our pick after. Correct. Which I might be picking the Academy is going to take that just because I haven't seen it yet. So I, uh, I got a feeling that it might be better than the. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Very true. But other than that, uh, you know, maybe next time you'll be hearing us, we'll sound exactly the same because we'll be in the same studio together. Who's to say? But guys, coming up soon. Anyway, go get your vaxxed out there so you can come to the uh, geeked up studio. Good luck yeah, getting invited, so but <laughs> we could, <laughs> yeah, or one day actually do the live show that we were heavily talking about right before Corona hit. So yeah, you know, I mean, know. maybe we might have to be waiting. Look to twenty two for that at this point, maybe. But who <laughs> knows? Who knows? But other than that, I'm Devin Barnes. That was Liam Whalen. If you're not working tomorrow, go ahead and get geeked up. Woo, baby. Woo, baby. It's time to get geeked up. Woo. What's up, y'all? This is Mr. Woo, baby himself, Andre Davi. You're listening to the Geeked Up Podcast on SoundCloud. Yeah, I'm still taking those episode 10 emails, y'all. Woo.